Today on the Go for Bronze podcast, how important are review embargoes? We're going to talk about it. Crunch is in the headlines again. Ace attends a holiday party with the wrong attire. How could he possibly do that? How could he let that happen? Yoel has been contaminated by the God of War spoilers. Is is, my is nobody safe? To discuss that and more, here are the guys. Hello and welcome to the Gopher Bronze Podcast. I am Joel Torres and as always with me is my co-host Mark Ace Acevedo. Yo, happy holidays. Happy holidays, everybody. So, Mark, uh, what what's going on with you? you Want to go to a party with the wrong attire? I want to hear about this. Was it this hasn't... your friend? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was gonna say, was this happening to your friends' giving? Was it Thanksgiving? What, what what holiday party? Technically speaking, this hasn't happened yet, but there is high potential for it. This is a holiday party on Friday for festive cocktail attire, which I was like talking a big game, saying that I want to wear a velvet suit. I don't have a fucking velvet suit, and it's in a couple of days. So there's very there's high potential for wrong attire here. Where I might have to figure some shit out. Is it an all velvet event? Is that a thing? It's not an all velvet event, but it's a festive holiday suited event for sure. And I have two suits, but I don't know if either of them is what I would want to wear. I feel like you can just wear like a, a suit, but replace a suit shirt with like a nice turtleneck, and that's like just make it like a green turtleneck. I don't have any turtlenecks. I feel like that's cheaper buying one turtleneck than a whole entire fucking suit. <laughs> yeah i would agree with that but <laughs> i would rather wear a suit so maybe i don't know, maybe i could just get a jacket or something because yeah because technically a suit does it have to be matching for it to be considered a suit or does it just have to be formal pants with a jacket and a shirt what's a it suit? has to be i'm classless i mean a suit a suit would be matching there's different kinds you have two-piece suits you have three-piece suits you have tuxedos but if you're just having like a jacket and different colored pants, then you're just having like a sport jacket is what they call it. But a suit, yeah, would be same color traditionally. Oh, shit. So I've never worn a suit in my entire life. I'm classless whore. I've been going to weddings Potentially. with sport jackets. You didn't wear a suit at prom? Yeah, you've no. been doing... That is true. You've been going to weddings it. with sport jackets and occasional turtlenecks. I don't think I've worn a turtleneck to the wedding, but... Uh, at prom, I wore different pants with a different jacket. I just got nice, really nice dress, formal pants, and a really nice jacket. Because I don't like it all being the same. You know me; I'm different. I like to be different. I'm not saying I'm yeah, then, different. Then that- I've never, but I never wore a suit because I don't like anything uniform in my life. Yeah, then that's not a suit. You've never worn a suit. Well, I've, that's that's a realization. I've I just worn many to. a suit in my life. Well. Now let's get into let's circle back. Hold up. Let's get into you talking about God of War has been getting spoiled for you. Let's go ahead and get a little bit of you on that. Well, I mean, it has been spoiled for me. IGN is just kind of getting reckless. I guess since now it's two weeks removed from the game, they're just basically saying, "Hey, if you ain't beat it, go fuck yourself." Because uh, the Beyond podcast, the other PlayStation podcast, is what we like to call it. Uh, the literal title for the game for their like podcast on. Um, IGN's like website for like the video is a basically direct spoiler to the game something I didn't know about something they teased last week so they already like dipped their toe into the spoiler and then they added a character's name to the statement that they had two weeks ago and they just kind of just not they haven't ruined the game 
necessarily, but now I'm kind of just on edge waiting for that to happen. I kind of hope that that happens. Another spoiler that IGN also provided me, I just came across uh, yesterday while playing. So that that's already been done and I'm already kind of past that. And that was more of like a minor spoiler in terms of like stuff. But the, but the I would say that the podcast beyond the episode title was a pretty major spoiler. I don't know. What would you think, Mark? I feel like that's kind of like the game. Well, I mean, same as you. I think we already touched on this. It was a headline that they had posted last week, as you said. And they, it's basically the same headline, except for they inserted one word, which gives you just enough detail about what the spoiler is to be like, okay, well, that fucking sucks. And so... This was at a situation where seeing that me and Joel were in different places in the game, I'm significantly earlier, but now I'm still at the same length because I haven't really been playing it, but Joel has progressed greatly, but he still hasn't hit whenever that thing would happen. And so now it's like, okay, well, it's not an early or even like a mid thing, really. It's obviously an important spoiler thing. And IGN decided to go at the extra length of adding in detail, which again is in a headline. You don't need to do that in a detail or in, in the headline. And like we were saying last week, the caveat to that is if you're going to make content with that, put a spoiler warning. But if you're not, you can't put a spoiler warning in a headline because that's what you're trying to get people to click into. So, I mean, I've had a similar experience with you where now I'm just like, okay, now I just know even more. So I'm just like, I don't even have to play the game at this point to know what's going to happen. Yeah. I'm still not deterred though. I will still beat the game. So I mean, because I'm also I'm so far in it now. I'm like 25 hours in the game, so it's kind of like, well, hopefully. I mean, the thing that does suck though is that it just kind of just confirms that this is like an ending spoiler. Which obviously, when you understand the nature of it, I don't want to spoil it for you guys. That's why I'm kind of talking so cryptically about it. But it is like, oh, so this is like, a like the ending or the last like third of the game is about this. So that kind of sucks. But you know. It's still a great game. It really hasn't deterred how I feel about the game or changed my opinion at all. I still think it's a great game. The story is great. The acting is great. The combat's great. It's uh, it builds on the original in terms of combat. There's a lot more like options and like stuff to do within it. So I'm having a great time. The open open world ish, the hubs area, the each of the realms are like way more detailed. I feel like, and also the way traversing it has been handled in the game. It's more layered instead of just kind of being on the same level. So I'm having a great time still with it, but yeah, it does suck that the, the God of War spoilers are out there rampantly. And then also just a PSA, the first two, was it the first two hours or was it just two hours of Callisto protocol? I just saw two hours of Callisto protocol leaked and I didn't see if there was like what portion of the game it was that. And then need for speed gameplay also leaks, but obviously there's no spoiling that I actually did watch the need for speed stuff, but yeah, Callisto protocol, there's two hours of gameplay floating around somewhere. I did not watch that and I wouldn't even click into the headline cause I didn't even want to know exactly if it's beginning or ending. And so this is him bringing that up too is one of those kind of things where after this God of War thing, I was saying that from now on, if there's a game that's like that game of the month that I'm excited to play, I will be on launch day or at least the day right after like entire day. Fucking waking up 12 hour straight shift. Like that's just what I need to do so that I don't get deterred from certain games. But, but speaking about that, going into that, uh, close to protocol might be delayed in uh, playing it on day one because of something weird that the, they decided to do. They're holding the review embargo until the actual game is released on Friday, which is never, not never, but traditionally not a good sign. It shows that the uh, the developer and publisher maybe are not fully confident in the game 
like you see games like God of War had a few days leading up that let everybody know like, oh, this is a great reviewed game. Go buy it. So you, you see this a lot with uh, the other big AAA titles. And then usually when it's being withheld, it's usually a bad sign. We saw it with Gotham Knights with the review embargo being held until the game released. And then it came out and it was a 30 frames per second kind of blah game. So what do you think about that, Mark? The 30 frames was known prior to launch, but the review did come out, I think, with the game. It was like the Friday before. So it was, yeah. it was, a, it was like was, red flags. Yeah, yeah, there were red flags for sure. That was in like the, the Reddit thing. But I mean, Callisto, if you'd listened to the last episode, then you saw we, we were talking about them discussing the season pass in detail. I don't think that deters me from the game, but I definitely wasn't like, cool, this is what I want out of this. Because there was definitely things in there that I was like, okay, you're going to bar a harder difficulty and permadeath behind a paywall, which... Can't imagine that really cost you that much to do. But regardless, so there are things that are starting to happen that are like, oh, I don't know about this. But yeah, the review embargo thing is just like as you were saying, I feel like it's a sign of confidence when reviews come out early. Regardless, I feel like a standard, I feel like if we're going to average it, which maybe maybe I'll do this next week or maybe I'll do this sometime. But if you were to look at a chart of like the average time for a review embargo, I feel like it's typically one to two days prior to launch. So you can still yeah. see the review and pre-order if you want to get those bonuses. That's what's annoying about this is that I'm not going to buy it without seeing reviews simply because you never know if there's always a chance. That you get, There's a, a wide array of reviews that you can get. You can get, oh, it's fantastic. It's a 10. You can get, oh, it's really you know great. It's a 9. It's amazing. Or when you get to that 8 territory is when you start getting a wider array is where you can get oh, it's an eight and it's a great game, but trophies don't track. Okay, if trophies don't track, I'm not <laughs> buying it. You know what I mean? And so yeah. that might not mean it's a bad game. I just need to know that it's functional and there won't be errors with it. So I would like to see that. And so I just won't be, yeah, I won't be buying it until I see some reviews somewhere, even though it's still something I'm very interested in. And then Need for Speed is not obviously the same caliber, but I'm also, I don't know when their review embargo is. But they've been extremely silent on the game, I think. They kind of just had that trailer and then some gameplay and then like now it's coming out. So, but I w- yeah, I think reviews need to be at least a few days in advance. I would say, look, if the game comes out, if it's a re- traditional like Tuesday release, like most games would come out on a Tuesday, make sure the review is out at least Monday morning, to, like the day before. Like you said, if you got a Friday release, the review should be out by like Wednesday at least, you know. So that way you can plan accordingly. Have a planned sick day, you know what I mean? You know, just uh, plan your days accordingly. Because now, what's it called? You take the day off for Callisto Protocol and it's a hot pile of trash. You're going to be like, what the fuck? I just wasted a day off for this shit. Plus, I mean, they. I wonder what the exact rationale is. But if it is a game that will review well, I would imagine you're going to sell a lot more copies with a solid review. When I say solid, I mean 8 or above, really. Metacritic mm-hmm. 80 above, whatever that kind of thing. If you have a solid review, I would imagine you're going to sell more copies anyway, right? Because there are going to be people that are going to be like, well, I'll wait for the review. But if you have the review come out early and you're confident in your product, you're going to sell more. You're going to get more pre-orders. People even might get like season passes just because they're pre-ordering. So I don't understand what the incentive would be except to be deceptive and maybe secure pre-orders and purchases and then be like, ah, actually, it's not that good. Yeah, I think it over it, it ties back to last week where kind of the marketing of this game has they've been fumbling it these last two weeks leading up to pre-release, which is weird. 
I mean, it just, I think it kind of just shows maybe the studio doesn't have necessarily the best marketing team because like you said, a good review is the best form of marketing word of mouth. Everybody like, Oh, you saw, I got this on that website, this on that other website or whatever your favorite YouTuber posting a review a few days early, giving that, giving, you know, thoughts. And you just like, like you said, it's just really weird the way that they handled this last two weeks with this game. It does make put me a little bit on edge, but I am, I mean, like you said, I'm excited for the game because I do hope it's just a good survival horror game. I, I expect nothing less than like an 80 on Metacritic from this. But this kind of worries me because it's like, oh, are you delaying? Are you delaying the, or not delaying it because technically they don't have to let the review embargo be before, but it's just a common courtesy kind of thing to build up hype for a game. But it like makes me worried. Oh, is the game buggy? And I remember uh, earlier this year they were talking about uh, the the what's his name? What's the Glenn Schofield? Glenn Schofield was on Twitter talking about oh we're working we're working a bunch of hours and this and that and then he got a lot of hot water for that so that they cut back on this quote unquote crunch and then now is the game like buggy because of that. So it's just like a lot of weird factors into the final months of this game. But yeah, I mean, hopefully it's great. I'm excited to play it if it, you know, if they if the reviews tell me it works and I will purchase it and play it. Yeah, so talking about, I mean, with Glenn Schofield talking about the crunch for it too. Yeah, I mean, you want the game to functionally work. So hopefully they've had time to smoothen out bugs, even regardless of maybe lessening overtime or anything like that. Something that's been catching my eye in terms of like weak marketing lately with the game is that I'm really, I think most people are very excited for it because obviously it's Glenn Schofield. People that made Dead Space, it's coming out right before Dead Space. It's got that energy. The gameplay looks solid. And you might not need a whole lot out of the story, but I have, I'm have i of two minds with this. I, one being positive is that they're not saying anything about the story because it's something that's really important and maybe twisty, so they don't want to show anything. The other mindset I have about it is that they're not showing anything about the story because they're not confident in it and they know it has solid gameplay, but it's just going to be like Dead Space 2.0. Because I think there's a very high chance that we play it and it's like beat for beat way too close to Dead Space. So I'm, I'm very curious about the story too. Even though I know it's a horror game and story might not be that important, I feel like they've been specifically shying away from saying anything other than like, oh, he's on a prison in space and there are monsters, but we're not really going to tell you anything else at all. I feel like even Dead Space originally being marketed, it was like, okay, you know, they're going to like a planet cracker and, you know, this guy's name is whatever. And so... Planet cracker. Yeah, so that's something I am a little bit worried about, talking about the marketing of it. So we're, we're, I mean, we're just going to see. I have no doubts that the game will play good assuming it works. If so, the story is complete shit, like reviews are like, the story's dumb as fuck, would that deter you from playing it? Hell yes, because I actually think Dead Space story was really good. I was actually, it's, you know what I was thinking the whole time you were saying, I was like, I don't even remember really. Okay. Like I remember the personal, like the, the, the A plot and B plot. Like I remember like his personal story and personal journey being good, but then like the whole shit with the marker, I remember it being dumb, well, cause, but I specifically remember Dead Space 3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would say, yeah, yeah, I would say don't... I Well, I mean, just because the remake is coming out, I'll be vague because I don't want to say spoilers about Dead Space. But I thought playing it, I think what in addition to a regular story, what I mean to is I feel like Dead Space had a re- or has, it has a really good pacing and motivation to get you through the game. And then on top of that, I think Isaac's personal story is very interesting. 
and then the extra or description definition lore exactly background of what's going on and why it's happening i at least thought was original even watching a shit ton of sci-fi movies and playing a bunch of games i thought it was pretty original which is a huge deal on its own and then Mm -hmm. i thought dead space 2 carried the story very well so i'm not saying i'm expecting this to be like dead space 1 and 2 combined and be so fantastic but i remember dead space being original not just for gameplay and stuff but actually having something really cool like the way that it was set up. So I'm saying I'm interested to see if Callisto will also be unique and interesting or if we'll even play it and be like, oh, this is like way too similar to Dead Space. Because I think if it's too similar, that's going to be to its detriment more than it is just nostalgic. Because yeah. why would you be nostalgic about it when you can literally play the Dead Space remake next month? So I think the story has to be something a little bit different. The gameplay can be exactly the same Mm -hmm. as Dead Space. I don't care about that. But it's more about you have to have something that differentiates it. Otherwise, I'm just going to play the Dead Space remake and remember that instead. Yeah. I mean, I love that they're so close to each other because then it's like a direct comparison because Dead Space has been now like 10 plus years. So I've already kind of like I've forgotten like a majority of the story. 14 14 years. Jesus Christ. Yeah. God, I'm old. But um, the... (laughs) 14 years old are you crazy that's as yeah, old as Jaden. that's insane 2008 i remember Damn. it so clearly because i remember the game case with isaac's hand just floating mm-hmm. in space and being like that shit's so cool with the little ea symbol and remember back then is when i don't know i feel like games didn't do that as much now because of the like almost marvelization uh but playstation is good but like how playstation does playstation studios now and you see like glimpses of the game yeah. and then fucking call of duty now you open it it's just call of duty but there was a time when I remember emblems or logos for games would be like the game. So when you started up Dead Space, I remember the EA was like the hieroglyphics that are in mm-hmm. Dead Space and the visceral. And so just very memorable. But yeah, dude, 14 years old. And uh, it is the today is 10 years of Far Cry 3. Jesus. 10 years ago today, Far Cry 3 came out. So holy shit. But um, God. But yeah, so what I was talking about with Dead Space though is that I don't really remember the story, so I'm interested to compare them back to back. And Callisto Protocol, I do feel like the story had some consideration because remember, this was technically supposed to be a PUBG tie-in and it's no longer a PUBG tie-in. They kind of cut that lore out of the game. So I'm kind of interested to see like what became of the story, what the original story was, how much was that PUBG like uh, tie-in and evolved in the story? Like did it change it up much or, you know? Or did we get any ties of that? Like any like uh, you know collectibles that kind of expand on it or stuff like that. So I think the the main protagonist is, does he have a name or is he just like a prisoner? Yeah, his name is Jacob Lee. Jacob and Lee. Okay. He's played by Josh Duhamel. I think that's how you say his name. He the was in Transformers and he was in Call of Duty. <laughs> okay. And then Kimiko from The Boys is also in it and. Striking Distance Studios said that there are other, in quotes, A-list talent that they have not announced as part of the cast. I'm saying in quotes because A-list, I don't know how A-list, but I'm really interested to see regardless who they are bringing in. Uh, They said there will be recognizable faces, so I'm very interested in that. I like it when they do, um, when games do stuff like that. But but yeah, even with the marketing, like I said, I'm either... I'm either skeptical because I don't think they're confident in the story or I'm excited because they're not showing it because it's something where you can't show it without ruining things. Yeah. It's like too important because I feel like what we've seen has kind of been like the same Mm -hmm. area of the game. We really haven't seen much outside of like, it's all been similar looking. So 
I it's a double edged sword because you know it could be like oh is it bad or are they just trying to like not spoil the fucking game because I remember like certain games like I know Spider Man for PS4 those trailers kind of like they revealed like a like a like the mid plot like details of the game so you can definitely I, I I don't mind the I don't mind holding the cards to the vest it's when you hold the reviews that's what kind of worries me. I will say this too. I don't know if I'm right or wrong on this, but something even in terms of just gameplay, which could benefit them if done correctly, is they've showed a lot of Jacob Lee being on this planet or this prison planet, which on uh, Callisto, which Callisto is what the moon of Jupiter. Yes, it's the so moon it's of the, Jupiter. Yeah, it's the moon of Jupiter, and so they're on Callisto. However. If you do a little bit of thinking back again, I know it's not Dead Space, right? Quote, unquote. But when I think about Dead Space, I think about how Dead Space 1 is the USG Ishimura. Dead Space 2 takes place on a city that's on a planet. And then Dead Space 3 is like you go to different planets. Now, Mm -hmm. I don't think it's going to be that same trend of like bigger, but it wouldn't surprise me if you go other places that are not just the prison, but they haven't showed anything that's not just the prison. So I don't know. I'm very interested interested but cautious i've been getting cautious. more and more cautious as it's been getting closer the yeah. season pass thing made me cautious and now the review embargo thing has me a little worried so we'll see but i mean i'm still still the game i'm most anticipating at least until the end of the year yeah it's probably that and then the crisis core remake for me i think is the crisis core remake i think is like the is like 19th or something like that's like later it's like maybe two weeks out so those two games are definitely like in my in my uh, in my view, in my line of sight. But what have you been playing this week, Mark? What have you? What's been tickling your fancy? I've been playing more Warzone as usual, which I'll have some stuff to say about. But I've been playing Evil West. So, Evil West came out. Oh, excuse me. Evil West came out last Tuesday, and I've been playing that consistently throughout the week. I am seventy six percent done with it, at least campaign. So. I'm enjoying it. I was telling Joel earlier today that it's the best shitty game I've ever played, I think. <laughs> like, the the gameplay is excellent in the sense that it plays really well and it functions and it gets you to use different weapons at different times and the flow of it is is very nice. The game also clearly learned a lot from Doom. I think that's a p- very apparent in the gameplay, but not just the gameplay. They even nod to it. There's an upgrade for one of the for the shotgun that's called the Boom Eternal, and I'm like, okay, this is definitely there. They love that. So you don't you can't really go wrong with taking Doom and Doom Eternal as inspiration for gameplay. Very similar in like the way you do finishers and the way that you gain items during combat. I would also say something that I thought was really cool getting into the game that I didn't know prior is it's not really a shooter. It's more a melee combat game with like guns and shooting elements. I like that a lot. Bosses are really cool. Levels are really cool. Other stuff, story makes no sense at all. It's like, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's like not even coherent, even though I'm sitting there paying attention and the the story is given to you in cutscenes in between levels, but it doesn't make any sense, and it really is just like an excuse to go to these different locations. And so, I think early on it was fun because I was like, "Oh, cool, whatever. We're gonna go here. We're gonna go there." And now at this point, I'm kind of like, I don't really, I still don't really understand what we're doing here, but sure, like I guess it's fine. And on the technical level. Not the sharpest, uh, not the sharpest game of the year for sure. It, I'm playing it on performance mode, 
which runs at 1080-60. But getting into some of the heavier areas or more dense areas with enemies, the game definitely dips below that, maybe even below 30. Now, there was like so much shit going on at this point that it's kind of understandable, but but it's performance mode, so it shouldn't be doing that. And then when you're talking to characters... That's where you're sacrificing on the visual aspect, too. Yeah, exactly. Only 1080. Yeah, and when you're talking to, you know, NPCs, you can walk right through them. You can just clip into them. I took some uh, clips on my PS5, and maybe I'll share them. But yeah, you can just, like, be inside of characters. doesn't matter. When characters are talking, not in cutscene, of course, because cutscene is pre-rendered. But when characters are just talking in the world, their mouths don't move. They might just do some animation that you see in a bunch of other NPCs. There's, like, a, there's a lot of details that are not there. Mm-hmm. But it's the thing that makes it tough is the combat is so good and the levels and creatures are very cool. They seem very interesting. The world is very, I like, you know, I, I'm a big fan of, it's not necessarily alternate history, but I'm a big fan of like a time period meshed with something else. And so late 1800s Western with vampires is pretty cool. And so I'm making my way through it. I'm enjoying it. Trophy list is relatively simple. I'll probably go for the platinum. I, it's not easy. But the, the list is simple. It's kind of just play it, get all upgrades, do hardest difficulty, stuff like that. So that's mostly... Uh, well, I'm playing it on normal. I've died maybe a couple of times. I would say less than five so far. Okay. But there's story mode, normal, hard, and then there's evil. And so evil is like going to be the, <laughs> the hard one. But I think it's the kind of game where when you replay it, you keep upgrades kind of like Last of Us. So... Okay, I, I figured I would do normal, which I I try to do that now with games I'm not or series I'm not familiar with. So I just do it on normal, get some upgrades, and then I'll go through it on evil. But I mean, it's cool. It's a good time. I'm glad it's sixty, not seventy. Honestly, I think forty is a little bit more. Forty is a little bit more accurate. It doesn't really feel like a sixty dollar game. There's not a lot of options. There's not, you know, side quests or anything like that. It's just straight do the linear story but the linear story doesn't even make that much sense so fun to play though i mean really fun to play it sounds like a 70 on metacritic is and that's what it's sitting on on ps5 do you agree with that do you think yeah. a 70s because i know you were talking about ign giving it an eight and you're like an eight is, IGN they gave it a seven. A, oh, they gave it a seven i thought they, they gave, gave it a seven but See, yeah, i was saying were, that if it is a seven it's bottom tier seven and if you're saying 70 then yes i agree with that but okay. if you were to say like 78, 79, I'd be like, I don't know. It's a little high. Even the user scores are 70. So everybody kind of, I feel like everybody saw this game and understood what it was, especially Flying Wild Hog. Flying Wild Hog. I know that they're famous for the Shadow Warrior series, which you're also a fan of. And those games kind of, how was this? I would assume the story is kind of nonsensical in those two. Personally, I think that people are too harsh on Shadow Warrior though, because even though the story is nonsense, Shadow Warrior is is funny or if you don't get the humor you know it's being so ridiculous that they're not being serious mm-hmm. evil west is trying to be kind of funny but not funny enough where they're allowed to just make this the story if that makes sense like shadow warrior 3 starts and it's just like immediately kind of breaking the fourth wall being stupid being like we're doing this you need to do that and it's just really fun to play i like shadow warrior more but i i liked I liked all of them. I like Shadow Warrior 1, 2, 3, whatever. I think it's cool. I like the character. It's stupid, whatever. This one is, yeah, this one is a little bit more... It has some jokes that are funny, but it doesn't have an overwhelmingly goofy tone. So the story... That's the thing. Like It's it's kind of where you don't know exactly what tone they're going for. 
It's so bad you don't know if it's trying to be like Kung Fu Hustle or yes. they're trying hard. Exactly. Like Shadow Warrior, you're like, it's Kung Fu. I know, not just because the Asian thing, but like the over the topness. And that's like a yeah. specific movie that I know tries to be, it's not trying to be bad. It's trying to be absurd and over the top and be hilarious, yeah. like Austin Powers or something like that, too. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think that's a that's a good connection. Yeah, Shadow Warrior is like the Shaolin soccer of games, for sure. <laughs> Evil West is more like... Evil West is kind of just like those Western movies that you don't really remember the name because like, like they're a, interesting. Fucking, uh, John Wayne and shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah, so it, it's fun. I would definitely, if I was to give it like a, a recommendation, I would say wait for a sale. I think it's a very fun game to play. I don't think you should spend 60 because I'm also having this opinion and kind of hesitancy with five hours played on my game clock. So I'm also 70 something percent done with it with five hours. Not that I need the game to be long because I know it is linear, but there is no, there's no side content like at all. Like the multiplayer is really just you're joining somebody else's game and doing their story, but there's no, there's nothing outside of just the base campaign. So $60 is kind of a heavy asking price, I think. Yeah, it's definitely, I mean, Flying Wild Hog is definitely like that double A, single A tier type of game. But I guess they can justify 60 because like now regular retail games are going to be 70. So I guess that's kind of how they're justifying that price. Because how much did Shadow Warrior launch at? Well, Shadow Warrior famously launched as the first free game on PlayStation Plus or PlayStation the third one at the time. Yeah, the third one. What were the, the thir- first two? The the first two, like, what did they launch at? They were, I mean, they were sixty, but they launched when oh. every game was sixty. Okay, I didn't now, know if they were like forty or something. Something that I was going to say, talking about those, not going to get like too deep into them, but just interesting from like a development while we're talking about review standpoint, is that Shadow Warrior Two reviewed very well, from mm-hmm. what I remember. I think that Shadow Warrior One was probably like a seven-ish, maybe an eight from a couple of outlets. I want to say that Shadow Warrior Two was like a solid eight point something, or like in the eighties. I'm looking. And then the and then Shadow Warrior Three went back down, and then Evil West is also back down. So I wonder what happened to be on that upward trajectory and then kind of swap. But also remember that Shadow Warrior Three came out at the beginning of this year, and Evil West also came out this year. So I don't know if they were either developed at the same time or if they're just trying to release more games now. Okay, I hate to break your heart. Shadow Warrior 2 was a 72. 72? Yeah. Really? On that PS4. is surprising. So, it's a I little bit better. It was reviewed than, better. It might have been reviewed better by like a like IGN or something like that, but uh yeah, I got it. it was a 72 overall with uh on PlayStation 4 and then I'm going to look up the original Shadow Warrior cuz I didn't know I know Shadow Warrior 3 kind of got shot on earlier this year. Yeah, Shadow Warrior 2 got an 8.6 from IGN and got a yes. 9 on Steam and like an 8 out of 10 on GameSpot. So that's yeah, where I was so like, the- I'm pretty sure that Shadow Warrior 2 had solid reviews. But hey, it's not 72 on Metacritic. That, that's what it is. That That's what it is. I mean, Metacritic also is not the end-all be-all. You, you, everybody should know, you know, you pick out your critics that you appreciate and you respect their opinions. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Oh, that's just that's just like the like the Rotten Tomato score. Like it's just like the average. It was a seventy-two. The original was a seventy. So Flying Wild Hog is a, is a studio that is in that seventy to eighty kind of Metacritic uh, range. Perfect for double A games. Perfect for 
you know, a little icebreaker. This Evil West, I'm excited to play it once I'm done with God of War Ragnarok after playing like a big expansive game. Just play something kind of dumb. I just fucking go through the motions. I'm not worried about missing shit. It's just like you said, a linear path. Yeah, exactly. And it's uh, for what it's worth, I don't know if it's that different, but Shadow Warrior 2 is a 78 on PC and Xbox. So for some reason, that PS4 one is on the lower end. But regardless... Uh, no matter how you slice it, Shadow Warrior 1, Mediocre Review, Shadow Warrior 2, and then now uh, Shadow Warrior 3 and Evil West, kind of mediocre. But it, the gameplay is so good, that's the thing. But the gameplay is also just kind of Doom gameplay, so it's not necessarily Even Evil that West? they're breaking any ground on their own. Yeah, Evil West is super Doom-like, for sure. Okay. You're not shooting, but a lot of the elements of it are very Doom-like. When you start okay. to get an enemy close to to like a critical state they start flashing when you can do a finisher just like doom you have mm. different weapons that give you different rewards out of enemies and like i said like they even they definitely are they are wearing it on their sleeve with perks that are called like boom eternal and other stuff so def- it definitely is similar but that's also how shadow warrior started anyway back in the day shadow warrior was a doom like clone way back yeah. in the day it was a first person shooter kind of in the same vein as Duke Nukem and and Doom. So, right. yeah, what right, good time with that. Mark? And then Warzone. I could talk about that forever, but I won't say too much about it. But I'm at four dubs now. And when you win, you get uh, stickers for your guns every time you win. So now I have one that has a you know a little cap on it or a beret, and it has Roman numerals four on it, and so it's gold. So I'm definitely putting that shit on my gun. I thought that was a cool detail. Oh, and I'm done with the battle pass. But I did buy the Vault Edition like a filthy, you know, filthy, filthy. And that gave me 55 tier skips. So let me go ahead and get that out now. Damn. I was about to get your ass if you didn't say that, but you covered yourself. But uh, yeah, I mean, Warzone's great. I have no dubs. I have no stickers. Just out here with a bear gun. Just getting my ass handed to me. We did almost come close today. We got a third place finish. We had a third place finish. We had an eighth place finish. We had a 12th place finish. We had a few. I mean, I, we, I mean, it's, it's always valiant efforts and it's always close, but just for some reason, I'm just a bad luck charm this 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 uh, this time in the war zone. And I'm Azura. We'll get you one. We'll get you one. Every, everyone's got one. We need to get you one. It'll happen. Do you have anything else to say about uh, God of War or Warzone? Yeah, I've been playing God of War Ragnarok. What I said at the top of the show kind of carries on. Uh, I, nothing really else I have much to say until I just beat it okay cool yeah I mean I you know obviously I have nothing to say about it <laughs> I'll get to it in like 2025 or something when they remaster it probably oh my god you get the director's cut that's it I'll get the director's the, cut exactly the fucking director's cut Jesus Christ perfect but uh, you guys ready to hop into these topics absolutely alright so the first topic it was a little bit of a slow news week but this one was a this one's pretty interesting. Uh, December's PlayStation Plus essential games have been leaked. So the lowest tier on PS Plus is ending this year on a high note. In a leak by Bill Bill Coon, the three games that will be available from December 6th to January 3rd are Mass Effect Legendary Edition on PS4, Biomutant, the PS5 and PS4 edition, and Divine Knockout, the PS5 and PS4 edition as well. Um, don't forget to add last month's games to your library before they're gone on December 6th. The games for last month were Neo 2 on PS4 and PS5, 
Lego Harry Potter Collection 2 on PS4, and Heavenly Bodies PS5 Edition and PS4 Edition. So I think that that's a pretty solid month, especially a good way to end it with uh, the Mass Effect Legacy Condition uh, Edition because I was I've been wanting to buy that. I never played Mass Effect on the PlayStation 3 era, so uh, it's nice to have it. I don't know when I will get to it, but now it's nice to know that I always will have it. Yeah, I agree. I think it's it's a good it's a good thing to give out. Biomutant's a little bit interesting too. Mass Effect is for me a little bit different because I've actually had it on my system for like months, but I've never <laughs> played it. I don't have it, but I do have EA Play, and they give it to you with EA Play. So, um. but it's a good give. I think I think that it's nice and beefy, right? You have three games in there to play, and they're all long games so it gives you a lot to work with and then biomutant is one of those average kind of fun games that you probably didn't buy you're probably waiting for a sale but now you have it and then divine knockout i don't know that much about it except i think it's like a 3v3 or a co-op game of some kind but yeah i think it's cool yeah i mean i love that they still that this is just something that they do and that these games are normally there's always at least one solid game if not all three and like when you add these to your library, it's not like the PlayStation Plus Extra or Premium where it's like a it's a catalog on a subscription and they can leave and go. Once you ha- add these to your library, you are you have ownership over them and you can play them as long as you're a PlayStation Plus member, which is nice. Especially with like a game like Mass Effect where there's three games and each of them are so f- like they're full on RPGs. So yeah. you're not going to finish it in a month. Totally agree. So yeah, that, that's interesting. Um, maybe we'll finally play Mass Effect and you know actually be able to talk about it instead of just shit on it. But uh, the upcoming Witcher remake will be an open world game. So uh, in a presentation this week given by CD Projekt Red, they recently announced that the project is going to be a story-driven single-player open world RPG, a, a modern reimagining of the 2007's The Witcher. Uh, CD Projekt Red boss Adam Bauschewski said, "Badowski, thank you, Badowski say said regarding the project that The Witcher is where it all started for us. For CD Projekt Red, it was the first game we made ever, and it was a big moment for us. Then going back to this place and remaking the game for the next generation of gamers to experience, it feels just as big, if not bigger." So that's a nice little update on the Witcher remake. So I like that. I mean, them going open world makes sense. The Witcher 3 was their first foray foray into the open world space, and they continue that with Cyberpunk. So it makes sense that the remake for this, the first game being open world now. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. They, They hit mainstream success with Witcher 3, no doubt. So making it a little bit more similar to that, I think, is a good move. I don't think you would want to remake an old game and have it be so clear that you're going in the opposite direction. So I think it's cool. And then in addition with like Callisto Protocol and Need for Speed, December 14th, when they when the next gen version of Witcher 3 comes out, that's definitely something I'm going to play. Yeah, there's like a lot of a lot of big old RPGs to get back into for me. Like I have uh, Cyberpunk. I still never played. I want to play the PS5 edition. Witcher 3 PS5 edition, I kind of want to get back into as well. And then now the Mass Effect trilogy coming to us with Plus. It's kind of like, I got a lot of old RPGs I really want to play. But the problem is kind of just finding the time to play them. Especially with the end of the year kind of like, I feel like it like all bunched up with a bunch of games I wanted to play. Like we were complaining from like summer 
from like May till like September being like, there's nothing to play. And then like everything came out because I still want to get to Evil West. I want to get to Callisto Protocol. I want to get to the Crisis Core remake. So there's a lot, there's a lot of good stuff out there. Hopefully good. We don't know yet. I, I mean, I, there's I'm, always good stuff out there, but we don't know if these upcoming games will be good. I'm we pretty sure that be. Crisis Core Remake will be good. Callisto Protocol is more of a, we'll wait we'll and see. see. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, Witcher cool. Open world, I think that's good. I don't think there's anything negative <laughs> about that. I wonder if there's anyone that has any feelings about that, like any purists. But if you're a Witcher 1 purist, I mean, why the fuck were you playing that in 2007? 2007 being an absolutely stacked year which i think it's interesting to think about 2007 being such a monumental year for gaming as a whole and that the witcher was like just on the sidelines but now is a huge thing it was the beginning of something great you know there's a lot of great things but yeah i mean 2007 you got bioshock then like uh Bioshock, Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare, Fallout 3, you have Metal Gear Solid I was going to say, Fallout 3, was it 07 or 08? That's why I was, it was a little It might have been 08 on like PlayStation, but Xbox was okay. 07. Yeah, ton- I think Bioshock was also 08 on PlayStation. Yeah, but 2007 was the launch of a lot of those huge games. Yeah, so yeah, this, this game 3. definitely got buried in that whole bunch. I mean, The Witcher wasn't playable on consoles until Witcher 2, only on Xbox, so... This was definitely like a hidden away gem, apparently, to some people. I remember the big thing about Witcher. The only thing I knew about it was that it has full like sex scenes. And I can only imagine how they looked in those shitty ass graphics in 2007 because I did go to look at some gameplay of it because we were talking about of that. But no, just wow. gameplay of the game. Wow. You're looking at a Witcher hot coffee. No, you can't see, you can't find that on YouTube, sadly. But uh, I was just looking up at regular gameplay, not just of the sex scenes. But damn, that shit does look like ass. It doesn't even look like Geralt. Like you see the t- like it's like so crazy to think how far games have can- have come since then and also like how like wide the spectrum was in terms of quality cuz like BioShock was something that came out that year and I was like I think BioShock still holds up. Obviously the HD remaster looks great, but I think even the standard 2007 edition of it still looks great. Yeah, I would agree and I think there's certain there's certain aspects of games that age well and ones that really don't and even when you think about Bioshock. Bioshock does a pretty keen job of not showing a lot of people. And when you mm-hmm. play it and you look at the people, they don't look good in it because it's old. But the environment doesn't look bad at all. And the details look fantastic. But I think water. Pe- yeah, people is something specific that in older games, it's very noticeable because I think I don't remember who, but I know that developers have always kind of said that hair was like something that was really mm-hmm. difficult to get right. And now hair looks very good. And that makes a huge difference when you have characters with facial hair and like long hair that you adjust even not just in, in story or uh, action games, but even we I was playing until dawn recently when I was doing my platinum run for it. And there's a portion of the game where a character, one of the girl characters is like hanging upside down and I was like, her hair looks like great here. Like they put a, a good detail into her hair being upside down, like wet yeah. and all that stuff. And so I think characters, especially with mocap and stuff like that, have gone come a super long way. But uh, just I'm going a long way to say that. Yeah, I I've, I've think I've looked at Geralt in other Witcher games. And yeah, he looked like shit. Like it doesn't even really look like the same character. Yeah, so hopefully this Witcher remake is good. Hope I hope the Witcher purists are not upset about it going from 
I'm assuming it probably was like a hub world kind of situation as opposed to being a full on open world. I think they won't be too upset about that. They I, think won't. It's I mean, if they're good. upset, who cares? Like again, what <laughs> exactly. were you doing playing that in 2007? Exactly. Yeah. Like what the fuck? Like you were but, trying uh, to be cool or something with it. But maybe you want to get out your, your tension, your Witcher fan and you're pissed at Mark. Maybe you can see him on the PlayStation tournaments that are officially launched today. <laughs> Yeah, that's fine. I mean, go ahead. I mean, I know that I've been I've been talking a, a mad game about Witcher Three not being up to my standards over the years, and I know that could be sacrilegious to fans of that. But I'll play that with the next gen, gen update. But with what Joel is saying, we're gonna hop right into the next thing. Here is that a new feature should be quote it should be showing up on your PS Five. So PlayStation tournaments on PS Five officially launches today. November 29th, when we are recording this. So PlayStation Tournaments was a feature that was on PlayStation 4, albeit it was a little bit hidden. It was in the top of the cross-media bar. It was a section you could go to to see kind of like weekly or monthly tournaments for specific games. But I think they offered in-game rewards, but not as fleshed out as what this seems to be, which this article was posted on the PlayStation blog earlier today. So they talk about that this new experience should streamline competitive play with shorter tournament times, seamless on-console sign-up, easily discoverable tournaments, all-new UI, real-time match updates, and more improvements that address common barriers to online competitive play. So they showed a couple of screenshots, and if you're interested, you can go to the PlayStation blog to check this out, but they showed a couple of screenshots showing basically what the tournament brackets would look like, what the page looks like when you're looking for tournaments. And I think currently what they're supposed to be starting out with is Guilty Gear Strive. And then I think 2K and FIFA are the three games that are starting out with tournaments, but they will definitely add more. I remember Mortal Kombat was one of the common games that would always run tournaments. Something different too that they said is that they will be offering prizes. They will offer cash prizes and DualSense Edge controllers, and even PS5 consoles. They were saying for PS4 owners, so I wonder if that's really specifically you can only win that if you're a PS4 owner, but I don't know. I think they'll probably go into some kind of more detail with it. So they're also kind of kicking this off with a an event that is going to run from December 1st to January 31st, where you can take part in the PlayStation Tournament's Win-A-Thon on both consoles, PS5 and PS4, and they're saying that there'll be a lot of exciting prizes on offer, including cash, PS5 consoles, and DualSense Edge wireless controllers. So I saw this and I was on my PS5 earlier today and I was trying to find where it was and I couldn't find it. So either it wasn't updated yet or it's just in a hidden spot. Although when I booted up my system under the what's new icon, it did show PlayStation tournaments. So I don't know if it was fully updated yet, so I didn't get to see it. I think that this is cool. It's one of those things that doesn't really impact anything on a negative standpoint. It kind of just adds to it. And then they were also saying that there will be an official Discord server for PlayStation tournaments if you want to chat in there or ask questions, that kind of stuff. So I know, Joel, you're not big into like competitive play, but it's just a new feature added to PlayStation. What do you think about it? I mean, I like it. I like the fact that Joe, you know, he can fight for his honor and, and get his own PS5. So that's the main thing I like about it. That's true. Yeah, you could just get really, really good at. Could you imagine? Could you imagine Joe being my like, mind. being really good at like Guilty Gear, playing like an anime fighter or something? I would love that. Oh! Yeah, that yeah. would be. Are you kidding? Me? That would be perfect if Joe could actually win his PS5 that way. It's like a shitty like '80s movie. He's like, I gotta get my PS5. I gotta win the tournament. But um, 
ほら、ぐらいしなさいもんね。オーバーオール、オーバーオール、オーバーオール、オーバーオール、オーバーオール、オーバーオール、オーバーオール、オーバーオール、オーバーオール、オーバーオール、オーバーオール、オーバーオール
it's something that's going to have to get a little bit more fleshed out. But from what I read too, it kind of sounds where like it might be something like PlayStation Stars where there might be more to it that we just don't know yet. Because mm-hmm. there was a line in the PlayStation blog that I read that kind of alluded to the fact that there might be a leaderboard and the more tournaments you play in and rank in, you're in that overall leaderboard. And maybe like if you're in a high portion of that leaderboard, maybe you get something. I don't know. Because even... I don't know. I mean, I'm interested. I wonder if at all that'll tie into PlayStation Stars. I mean, it could. You might end up playing a tournament just because it's a PlayStation Stars campaign. That's also something that I am really excited for December to start because all my November shit is done. I'm ready for more campaigns. Oh my god, I can't wait for it too. Because I, I don't think we have we talked about that on the show. How I'm now also on the PlayStation Stars train. I feel like that. I mean, a little bit. We talked about me getting fucking Gotham Knights and you getting Tales from. New tales from the Borderlands. So I, we had to have mentioned it a little bit, but hey, go ahead and bring it up again. Yeah, PlayStation <laughs> Stars is cool. PlayStation Stars is fucking awesome and definitely has me hooked. And it's, I, 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 I do wish it was integrated into the console, but it is a great thing. And you just saying that was like, fuck, I'm gonna definitely play tournaments now just because of PlayStation Stars. Because we also both have finished all the collectibles. We have everyone that's available. Yeah. available for purchase not available because i know there's certain campaigns that are rare mm-hmm. and you can't pick from them so notably the ps3 and the white ps3 we don't have we don't have the campaigns for those and then i also don't have the playstation eye camera or the psvr collectible mm. yeah I'm I, I'm I just forgot about that the new campaigns come in december i'm very excited about that yeah i'm hoping they keep a good pace on it for sure yeah, that's definitely one thing that like they have been actually like maintaining very well. Even though it's weird because it's a side thing, you would think that they would like be like, "eh, we don't care about this," and it would kind of fall off quicker. But like, because like the way they handled the premium tier of PlayStation Plus, it's like ass. It's like nothing really. And then, but the way they're handling the Star stuff is really good. I wish there was more like unity across all of PlayStation's efforts. But Stars is great. Just needs to be added on the console. Yeah, I agree. I would agree with that. I don't. I don't have anything else with that but uh you want to get into this last yeah, story we, mark yeah we'll get into it i know it's a short week here because the holidays every everyone was off including people in the industry but they'll get <laughs> everyone will be getting back to it you know and it's the uh, middle of the week but so we talked uh, briefly uh, early in the show here about callisto protocol and glenn Schofield getting some flack for crunch right this is a word we've heard mm-hmm. a lot in the past couple of years you know uh journalists on the internet love to and i say that kind of including all not specific really good journalists but I just <laughs> journalists in general just love to write an article about this because it's something that's controversial but so let me get the details of this one first and then I think we can kind of break it down piece by piece because I think there's specific things that I think are bad and are negative and then there's other things that I think again are kind of blown out of proportion and we need to be kind of I don't know about need to be careful with this but I don't think it has to be as big of a deal as it as it is or as it used to be i don't we haven't heard about it as much now i think famously even with callisto callisto the only uh notion about any crunch time was glenn schofield tweeting about how proud of his team he was Mm -hmm. so he had to retract that even though he was saying he was proud of them so i bring that up because crunch is now not a thing that is kind of just figure it out but now there might be teams crunching but they hide it because sometimes it's what you do anyway let me get into this so 
Elden Ring developers open up about the difficulties working at FromSoft. So this was first spotted in March. Employees were communicating with a Japanese job board called Career Connection. Think about this as kind of an equivalent to like Glassdoor in the U.S., So they went there to discuss their working conditions. And on this website, FromSoft currently is sitting at a 2.6 out of 5 stars in terms of their working conditions. Now, employees, a lot of these are claims, so we don't know how official they are, but it seems to be from numerous employees over the last year. So one thing that they cite is they've been talking about low pay and they up to working up to 40 hours of overtime during critical points of development each month. And according to this Career Connection site, the average salary is about 3.41 million yen, which is roughly 25k US, which is very low. However, the yen is also very weak to the dollar in this current calculation, so it might not be as low as it sounds, but regardless, 25 is not a lot, especially when you're thinking about the kind of game being made. Now, that being said, it's not all employees. There are employees that have said it's been a great challenge to work there. However, it's also very rewarding. Also, Bandai Namco has said that they would be announced or that they did announce raises for all employees following the success of Elden Ring. And they did that announcement shortly after the game came out. So with this, I, you know, it came up as a headline, but I wanted to bring it up for a couple of reasons. I think you know, low pay is inexcusable. That's that's not really something to be argued. If they feel like they're not getting paid correctly, you know, that's a terrible thing. And if their overtime isn't compensating them the way that they need to, and I, I read that they're not getting maternity leave, stuff like that I can totally understand is is not okay and needs to be remedied, especially if you're making something that's this high quality, where we know that a lot of developers typically... I don't know how what the difference is between Western and Eastern, but I know in Western developers, a lot of people get bonuses based on how well the game performs. So there's an incentive to make your game really good because you're going to get compensated for it. Now, in terms of the crunch, right, that's like the main thing in the headline that I brought up and wanted to discuss. When we talk about crunch, I have a hard time with the pay is one thing, but just like the you having to work overtime and even the employee citing during critical points of development, that's not saying that the whole time they're crunched and it's terrible. They're saying that at critical points, they had to work a lot. Now, 40 hours of overtime is a lot, but Elden Ring is poised to be one of the best games of the year, review tens everywhere, and is one of the best-selling games. So your work clearly did pay off, and if you decide to go anywhere now and you're like, I made Elden Ring, that's really important. And so... I don't know. I feel like the crunch thing, there has to be some some kind of, not leeway, but you have to get the full picture before just saying, oh, there was crunch that's immediately negative. Like If, you're, if there's a deadline and you're working on something artistic, then there are going to be times when you have to work more. And then something that I don't, I mean, obviously this is not ideal, but for some reason I feel like that it's not really ever mentioned in these crunch stories is if you feel like your work conditions are horrible, leave, go somewhere else. You're not bound to work here. So I just don't... Yeah, you're crunched, but like that means you're staying because you want to stay there. You know it's worth it. And that's my thing too with this is I just see this and I'm like, Elden Ring is like fantastic. So like you worked really hard, but you clearly have paid off. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I agree with everything you're saying. The thing though with... Uh, the only thing I would push back on is the leaving 
is because if you leave, then it probably doesn't look good because then you don't get that game credit. I know a lot of game studios are like you have to be with the uh, working on the game for a certain amount of time. We recently saw that with like an intern with God of War Ragnarok where she was complaining about not being credited for like music stuff because she didn't work the certain amount, like a lot of time that Sony Santa Monica justifies like as being credited for working on the game. So I do think leaving while in the middle of the, it sucks, but you can leave now. Like you said, having that credit of you being like, I worked on Elden Ring, you can definitely probably get another job in the industry. But uh, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of, it's a weird thing. I feel like everybody sometimes has to work when it's more busy. I know you had to work yeah. more when you were, when it was at your peak time for your b- job. I'm going to start mm-hmm. having to probably work a little bit more because the holiday seasons where I work is affected by like, you know, an influx of traffic and tourism and stuff like that. So there's just certain times when your jobs that everybody kind of has to work a little bit more. And if you're being compensated with overtime, obviously 40 hours of overtime does sound like ridiculous. It's literally you're working two weeks in a week. So that I agree with that. It shouldn't be that much, but I, I 40 hours of overtime would equate to two extra hours a day. I thought you, if you're working five day work weeks, cause that'd be 10 extra you hours, work 40 a week. hours a week, right? Yeah, but it's saying 40 hours of overtime in a month. Oh, that ain't shit. That's two extra hours a day. That's what wait, I, okay, wait, wait, yeah, that's wait, that what I'm saying. Shit. My yeah. bad. I misheard you then. Fuck no, no, no. that. That ain't you're shit. You're good. I might, you're good. I might not have said that. Yeah, it's 40 hours of overtime per month. And again, citing during critical points of development. Hell no. Nah. You only complain about two hours a day? Hell no. Nah. And you got the credit of working on, not that you're saying game of the year. Elden Ring is going to be a game that's like a game of the generation. It's going to be a game that's on top 10 list for like all time games. Like fuck this year. Like it's going to be a game that is going to be cemented in history and you have a credit on that. I really don't think you should be complaining too, too much. Now the pay does sound kind of crazy low, but obviously like you yes. said, you explained the the difference between the yen and the dollar right now at the moment, but I hope it equates to like six figures in Japanese economy because as of right now, what I've know from what I hear most of the time is most game developers make six figures in the United States. I don't I don't want to say Western because I don't know what Europe's doing, but I know in the United States, if you work at a AAA studio and you're like a game developer, you probably are you're cracking six figures, eighty five k at least. Yeah, I, I would agree. And again, this this twenty five k is kind of like claimed and reported as to what has been reported to this Career Connection site. And I don't know if that takes into account Bandai Namco saying that they were going to announce raises for the workers. So, but I, it's something that I wanted to bring up. Yeah, how we, how we're talking about this overtime, and sometimes you're just going to be busy, right? I think the weird thing about it is in the industry that some people try try to make. There are situations where work conditions are just bad, but there are also situations where it just happens, and that doesn't mean that industry wide it's like a terrible thing and can never happen. It's almost like, or assuming that you can like almost stop it. Right. Like this makes me think about when I was in college and you'd go to like rate my professor, there'd be a professor that maybe they have like really shitty reviews, right? Maybe they're actually a good professor though. And just a couple of bad apples, like the people that are reviewing from software are giving it a 2.6. That could just be a number of disgruntled workers. You don't know exactly about it. And then in terms of the crunch, yeah, I mean, sometimes it sounds like studios probably do it on their own volition to be like, I'm going to get credit on this game. I want it to be really good. And that's that. 
The Gopher Bronze Podcast is a production of Gopher Bronze LLC, copyright 2022. If you want to reach out to us, you can do so via email at gopherbronze.mail at gmail.com. Stop with my dreams. You can check out our YouTube channel at Gopher Bronze, Twitch at Gopher Bronze Pod, Instagram at Gopher Bronze Pod, and Twitter at Gopher Bronze Pod. Until next time, this is the big dog.